Hey, you're tuning into Unleash Your Inner Goddess Season 2, where we deep dive into life and business as a neurodivergent entrepreneur. This season is dedicated to fellow ADHDers, autists, those with dyslexia, sensory processing, bipolar, and more. Think about the last task you completed for your business. And maybe you're even listening to me now whilst carrying out a task, right? How did it feel? What went on before you started it? Did you procrastinate or dither? Or were you looking forward to it, ready to get in the zone? Maybe nonplussed and no hard feeling on it either way. What about the next task on your plate? Everything we do in our businesses have different feelings, emotions and approaches to them. And this can change based on what day it is, whether you have a hectic day ahead of you, if you feel off colour or you've decided you'd rather fix your attention at a shiny object like developing a new course or rebranding. Yet you know that the email needs to go out or the accounts actually need doing. When something zaps our energy or fills us with dread, it can show up in different ways. And maybe you can relate to some of these. So putting off the task, it stays on your to-do list forever, you move it around your calendar, perhaps you refuse to look at the task or... Perhaps if it's an email that you need to reply to, you just archive the email or you hide it in some way. Physically feeling jittery or on edge, perhaps your heart rate is up because you know it still needs doing and you're feeling stressed. Perhaps you go into a a dazed state, a coping mechanism kind of thing, taking you away from the task at hand, sort of daydreaming. Or you focus on something you've tricked yourself into feeling like you must research right now. Or maybe a game that you fall back on in times of stress or overwhelm. And for me, this is a water sort game, having different coloured bits of water in test tubes that I have to um, unscramble, if you will. And I have a limit on it now in case I fall into this pattern and I don't catch it in time. Perhaps you're more snappy with your loved ones or your team members. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you get up and go out physically removing yourself from the office or away from the laptop. Or you go into research plan and project mode and you're looking at a bigger picture detail of your business rather than tackling this smaller task at hand. How much of your day is filled with things that fill you with dread or leave you feeling exhausted or that your brain has gone to mush? Things you drag your feet about or dick about putting off starting. How many times do you move that dreaded task on your calendar and move it around your to-do list? Which one seldom get ticked off that list we all have a list with something on there mine currently is to clean the oven (laughs) the oven has you know very much gone past when it needed cleaning um how many times do you complete a task and feel like all the energy is drained from your body and you need to go and lie down I don't know if that's just me obviously we all know that not every part of a business can be fun enjoyable or even just tolerable some things are just plain boring simply just difficult for us to do And some of those things are even harder to tick off because of our neurodivergence. And sometimes we need a strategy to help us get those icky tasks off our plates. A few ideas are, if you can afford to hire for a specific task, get someone on the job. Take it off your plate entirely this way. This will open you up to focus more on the things you enjoy. If that's not an option right now, take a look at the tasks. Can they be done differently? Is there a workaround? Is there a small part of the task that could be tweaked to make it easier to complete? If I've got on my list to create a reel or two, for example, but I still need to wash my hair, it then becomes really off-putting because the task of washing my hair, drying my hair, and then doing the reels 
feels too arduous and drawn out. So my workaround for that situation is to create reels of my workspace, outdoors, or even behind the scenes. And this puts me back on track as I don't have to factor washing in my hair until I'm actually ready to do it. It gives me permission to still do the thing I said I was going to do. Another one is scheduling posts to go out to remind clients of group sessions that are happening. I have a reminder set to go out every morning before an evening session and I like to add any extra detail as and when needed. But the idea of filling in 16 emails to go out that are all slightly different is pretty overwhelming for me. So I like having a basic template reminder with all the links that they can use week in and week out and I schedule that in. It helps me massively as I know that the important detail is scheduled for the duration of the program and then I just edit and add as and when I want to uh, any extra detail that I want to put in that email. And if I forget, it's not, it's no big deal. The basic email is still earmarked to get sent with the Zoom link and whatnot. Other times we might just want to pepper some fun tasks throughout the difficult tasks, right? Or even breaking the dreaded task down into a couple of stages and doing something you enjoy as a break in between, almost like rewarding yourself. When we look at our tasks and our projects based on how we feel, it gives us an overall idea of when we are likely to be less focused, less on the ball, less likely to feel positive, and when we are likely to be able to hold our focus, when we will feel more powerful and capable, and what we are likely to gravitate to during the day. And are you doing any unnecessary tasks, perhaps, that you don't like doing simply because you feel like you have to? This is a big one. There's people here that are going to have tasks on their plate because they feel like it's something they should be doing or because other people in your field do it. As a business owner, you get to decide how your business is run and what those protocols are. Some business coaches write up a summary of a session to email to a client as standard after a coaching session. I don't do this. I don't do this. I encourage clients to make their own notes as they're often more meaningful anyway. But that extra step of writing up a summary for me to send to them would mean I'd be spending way more time in the session making more thorough notes so that I could then write up competently afterwards. And I'm not going to be focusing on my client in that session as fully if I'm doing that. So my hard and fast rule on this is I don't do that and I'm very honest with my clients say I'm not writing the notes for you. These are my personal notes. I encourage you to write your own. Some people might personally send emails with documents to sign and then, you know, they're marking it in their calendar to revise or chase the person to sign it. Some people might utilize CRM systems or companies like Dropbox Sign to automatically send relevant documents and action those next steps. That's a workaround if you've got a lot of things to get signed or a lot of things to chase up. And in fact, I'm moving away from, and I'm using air quotes here, traditional Zoom coaching sessions for my clients to... 90% of people in my world using my coach in your pocket service. This service is basically text and voice message coaching that you can pick up as and when you need it, having access to me pretty much any day of the week. Rather than having a predetermined amount of sessions spaced equally apart that you have to wait for to go through your issue, you know, whether you've got a contention point, a stressor or something you want to talk through, you have to wait for the session. And not only that, you might have to wait something like eight days, two weeks for that session. And that whole time you've been fretting, losing sleep or not making progress with the issue at hand. And I think for me, this plan works really well as I have an ADHD trait where I struggle with focusing on a task at hand if I know I have an upcoming meeting later 
at say 4 p.m. It might be one o'clock, I know I have three hours to go, I know how time works, but my brain goes into waiting mode. And it means that I am unable to focus until that session because I'm, I'm waiting for this session. Uh, and even trying things like setting alarms so that I can deep focus, knowing that an alarm is gonna bring me back to, hey, you've got a, a call in 20 minutes. It doesn't seem to work. And so I think this service is also gonna be massively beneficial to neurodivergent entrepreneurs as well because they don't have to wait for an allotted time. They can whip over a message as something comes to them. So it's done whilst it's on their mind and it's essentially speed coaching. So we can get over those hurdles much faster. So if you imagine that you're jotting down hurdles, stresses, things you wanna to talk to me about for a session that's in two weeks time, you have to remember to write that down in, the, in your notes app or wherever in the first place, right? And maybe those things don't progress in those two weeks that you're waiting. And then you come to the session and you know, hopefully everything's on the notepad, but you might miss a few things, right? With the Coach in Your Pocket service, you can literally text or voice note me every time you think of something extra that you can add on. So it's all there. And this option might not work if you, you know, you like to talk out ideas and use a coach as more of a sounding board. Um, so I am still offering some limited VIP coaching slots for those who would prefer that. Um, but I think it's going to work really well for people who want to have fast action and have fast responses and get over those hurdles quicker and get back to baseline quicker. Um, anyway, back to the dreaded tasks and energy zappers, right? Things we don't like doing generally zap our energy and leave us unable to focus and do the deep work we need to do. Things like writing articles, recording podcasts, planning our projects and even working with our clients. So it is really important to be mindful of when we plan these things into our days. If we know we can't get rid of them and we can't delegate them right now, how do we move forwards? How do we keep a more balanced feeling in our businesses so that we're spending time doing the things that empower us, make us feel capable and successful and give us enough interesting stimuli to do our best work on a consistent level? So what can you identify in your business that you might need some more support with? Whether that's working with a coach to keep motivation high keeping you focused, working things through, or looking at software that's designed to make a task simpler or easier. Maybe it's doing a task at a certain point in the day or a certain part of the week. Perhaps you would feel better, I don't know, bashing out dreaded tasks on a Monday morning. So the rest of your week is filled with good stuff. If that sounds like an awful way to start your work week, then maybe it's doing a task or parts of a task mid-afternoon once you've already you know, chatted to some clients, you've done some, some meaningful work, you've whizzed off that important email and you've had some lunch. Maybe like me, you feel more or less interested, engaged and energized within your menstrual cycle. So I noticed that I am much more likely to get big tasks done, difficult things ticked off and my planning done in week one and two of my cycle. Week three, I tend to do less. I make less decisions as I find I'm more emotional and fatigued. So I purposely don't make big decisions in that week. And week four is pretty much like week three, but I've got a lot more distraction going on. And these are things that I have noticed personally. I'm not saying they're across the board for people's cycles, but I choose to do a lot of little tasks in week four, things that don't require me to focus too intently. Or another option is perhaps you arrange to go to a co-working space or you invite a business friend over to get stuff done together. You can even do this on Zoom too. And there are specific places on the web designed for the purpose of body doubling. 
And body doubling is where two or more people come together, in person or online, to work alongside one another. They all understand the assignment. We're working next to one another and no talking. It's not a networking social. You might have a chit chat, set the intentions for the session, and then you enter the quiet, deep work time, followed by a summary of what you got done afterwards. And this might be perfect accountability for getting some of that icky, difficult or boring tasks off your plate. And I am such a fan of this myself. Me and my husband have ADHD and have only recently discovered the huge benefits of working alongside each other. We actually have separate offices. Mine is in the garden, his is in the house. Um, But recently we've been trying this and he's been coming into my office. And in fact, as I made the notes for this episode, he was sitting to my left, his hood was up, chewing gum um, was in his mouth, music was on, in his noise cancelling headphones, um, ensuring that he was as focused as he could be to bash out some intense work. And as I was making notes, I was also listening to some music in my noise cancelling headphones and feeling pretty engaged and focused, considering I'm in week three of my cycle too. So it's really helped with that lack of focus for me. And I'm so sure that this is gonna be helpful for anyone who struggles with distraction, lack of focus and procrastination that I'm actually building in free sessions of body doubling into my Facebook community. And that is Drive to Thrive, ADHD Won't Stop Me. And the link for that is in the show notes as always. So if you are not in that community yet, get yourself in there. If you're interested in some body doubling, some free accountability, that is where you need to be. Because it's where those, you know, it's where the members of this community can come and join me for these free body doubling sessions. I'm not going to be offering them anywhere else apart from in that community. So how cool is that? And come do some body doubling together. Okay, so we've looked at some ways to manage things that zap our energy, right? And fill us with dread. But how do we lock on to what gives us energy? What lights us up and makes us feel like an unstoppable, successful and capable business owner? First things first, if you haven't guessed, we're reducing and removing things that zap our energy. So other things, not not just tasks and projects that we've already spoke about. So it could be people you spend time with. Is there somebody that you spend time with that makes you just feel ugh? Are you walk away feeling drained? Is it somewhere you spend your time? Is it the social media you scroll or what TV or books you consume? It could be a task that's a home task like cleaning the house. And if a cleaner isn't available to you right now, shake up how you approach your cleaning. So rather than doing four hours on a Saturday, have a rotor to do a little each day or vice versa. Get the household members joining in if they're able to or do a swap of childcare if you've got toddlers. Uh, Asking a friend to have your toddlers so you can get on top of the housework and then swapping and offering to have their kids for a couple hours. This approach literally made a world of difference when I had three kids under school age and no nursery. It was a lifesaver. Bring more joy into your workspace. So is the desk cluttered and full of must-haves, things that you need? Give yourself permission to have a little shake-up in in this area, right? And if you need to, set a timer. I know some of us could spend all day doing this. And put up some trinkets and posters that light you up. For me, I literally feel at peace if I've got a little potted plant, a crystal or two, and I always have a pulse point rollerball of my chosen blend at hand. I have a fantastic supplier of amazing aromatherapy rollerballs and I will drop the link in to the show notes actually for these awesome uplifting rollers because I am never without one. Um, You might prefer something else, but create an uplifting and a focused environment for your work. 
and speak about yourself and your work and others more kindly and positively. We can up our energy just by being nice. So even on the days where I'm in loads of pain with my chronic condition and my brain is super distracted and I don't get anywhere near as much work done as I wanted to, but I get some, you know, I get some must-haves ticked off my list and my husband will pull me for this all the time, but if I get into the mindset of, oh, well, it could have gone better, I did this, but I didn't do what I said I would originally, or, well, it'd be better if I didn't have pain, or, or whatever it was that was negative, and he'd be like, hey, you still showed up and did something, though, like, speak more kindly, more positively about yourself, so I choose to be like, all things considered, I've done all right today, like, the energy in, oh, well, it could have been better, or I would have got loads done if I wasn't in pain or I wasn't distracted, to all things considered, I've done pretty well. Like just the shift can bring you more energy into the rest of your day. And holding up your boundaries too. If you say you'll work till five, work till five. Not a minute later, unless you know, you know, a couple of minutes more is all you need to close off a mammoth task and it's doable to do that. So it's again, whatever your boundaries feel right to you. Like if you're finishing on the dot, whether you're finished or not, and that is your rule, that is your rule. I'm kind of like, well, I've got three more minutes of editing to do and then I can close that off, that task is done. If I can, if it's doable to do that, I will do that. If I'm literally in the middle of a massive task and it hits five, then it hits five. Uh, It's things like don't accept messages from clients at 10 o'clock at night. Or, you know, managing their expectations by saying, you know, any messages after X time will be picked up on the next working day. So you're not sneaking in uh, to a message with a client at like, you know, bedtime. Um, So holding those boundaries, it helps stop you from feeling exhausted, helps stop you from feeling run down. Um, It just makes things nicer. And wind down any offers you aren't super stoked or aligned with. I don't know how many people still offer things because their clients like it. If you are able to wind down and swap these clients onto different um, programs, different offers, do so, do so, or create a plan to find new clients to serve so that the other clients can be taken off your list. Um, I think so many people are like, oh, well, you know, I've got 10 clients that, that love this and I absolutely hate it, but I'm doing it for the money. It's like, okay, but it's not lighting you up. So at some point you're gonna feel so burnt out and fed up and disengaged, it's not gonna be worth it and your clients are gonna get a different energy from you and then they're not gonna think it's worth it and then it's gonna sort of go down the swanny. So if you're in a position to wind down offers you aren't super stoked with and move towards things that light you up, great. If you need to create a bit of an action plan to build up something else that does offer you more, do that and then wind down your other bits later. And again, it's, I love the quick wins that my clients have with coaching your pocket Voxer coaching. It feels more aligned to me to offer this availability wise. However, as above, I have boundaries and my work hours are typically half nine to half four and any messages outside these hours are at my discretion. So I am winding down a lot of my one-to-one Zoom offerings because they don't feel as aligned anymore. And I am finding that I am getting lit up with the quick wins that my clients have through the speed coaching um, with Coaching Your Pocket. So I am moving people over to that. And yes, not everybody will be a super fit and that is okay. And those that do have a fit for it know my boundaries. So I'm keeping my energy up in that area. Aligning your daily task in a way that feels good to you. You know, making, you know, I don't know, doing fun or engaging tasks followed by one of those less fun ones that you can't get out of. 
or rewarding yourself with a feel-good task after doing the mundane ones. Spice it up. I don't think I could do a whole day just doing the icky tasks, whereas some people might be like, oh, you know, I'll bash that out on a Monday and then the rest of the week is good. Do what works for you. These are just suggestions. And look at the bigger picture just for a moment. Look at your year, your next 12 months. What is lighting you up and what could you change to give you more positive things to look forward to and work towards? I'm not necessarily talking things like holidays, nights out, things like that, but more things within your business that are going to really light you up and cement why you do what you do. So for me, this is things like speaking gigs, article writing, pro bono work. I am very excited to be introducing some retreats um, at the back end of this year, early end, early of next year, that I think will really light me up as well. So where can you weave in the things that really get your creative juices flowing? When we spend more time in that place of joy, capability, focus and determination, we do more great things, okay? We do more great things. We feel better about our businesses and our efforts and we feel like we are making a difference. And we are, that shift of energy makes all of the difference. And if we can spot the things that don't feel good, you know, the things that fill you with dread, zaps your energy, we can do something about it. Whether the thing we dread is easily linked to our neurodivergence or not, just having those things off our plate is going to boost focus and lessen procrastination, worry and stress. Next session, we are going to be looking at the bigger picture of what it takes to thrive as a neurodivergent entrepreneur. We're going to be delving into topics that are typically outside of the business spectrum, but have a direct impact on how you show up for yourself, your clients and your work. If you found today's episode useful, I would love for you to join us in Drive to Thrive, my community for neurodivergent and neuroinclusive entrepreneurs. The link is in the show notes. And also, if you identify as having ADHD, you can download the 30 productivity hacks for ADHD entrepreneurs as well. It's in the show notes. It's free. You can have it. It's full of amazing content. And that's it from me. Take care.